Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in January of 2023. And welcome to episode 96. What is chat GPT? Hmm, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> First, we want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Christine at CL Woodruff on Twitter. We asked everyone to share some good news back in December. And she said, I held a try again Tuesday. Which I love, by the way, Christine, where students could prove to me that they now know a skill they previously tested poorly on. They chose what to study and reassess. It went better than I ever expected. Lots of learning and improved grades. Awesome. Thank you, Christine. I love that. Thanks for sharing that with us. I love that too. Try again Tuesday. I love that. All right. You have a reflection for this week, I know. Yes. When we came back from winter break, I, you know, I just did, I wanted to refresh kids. Um, get, you know, I just wanted to, to get back in the swing, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you. And so I did a few non-curricular tasks. So here's the task. Are you ready, Laura? Yes. If I were to write the numbers from 1 to 100, how many times would I use the digit 7? Now, I thought that that task was pretty straightforward. I thought I've, that it was – I've seen that on Twitter, right? That's yeah. like – or on, in the Facebook BTC groups, right? It's, right. it's a task that – Yeah. Yeah. Like and let's, it's actually – Your structure, like how you're organizing your thinking, Right. Right. And I thought this was a great one to just come into. And I even purposefully, because I know we've done this mistake before, go too high, you know, when you start something new. Mm -hmm. I purposefully chose a task that in the BTC book, it's listed as kindergarten through third grade. So I was like, okay, great. All right. You're like, my fifth graders, no problem, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's not what happened at all. What a surprise, right? So again, so I, I put, and interestingly enough, what I'm going to tell you is exactly the same that happened in the classroom next door. So it was, it was very telling. Let me just get to what happened. Here's what I saw as I was walking around my class. I saw kids do the multiples of seven, listed those. So seven, 14, 21, 28, et cetera. I saw them do seven times 10. I saw them do a hundred divided by seven. And that's what I saw. So we're talking seven groups of kids, three in each, and every single one of them did one of those things. Oh no. Yeah. Not one. Not one. And not one, not one went with what the question was actually asking. Not one. What about every single four? Same thing. Oh my. Not one. Yep. Okay. So I'm standing in the middle and I'm just watching this like unfold in front of me. And I'm like, oh my God. And this is, so here's my interesting part. Okay. Of course I have students in my class who did really well in math last year. Like I'm talking during on our standardized assessment, got level fives. Like I do have kids who received the highest score that they could get on a, on their standardized 
assessment for the state, right? Mm -hmm. Level fives in my room and kids who are naturally good at math, right? And it comes naturally to them. Like they, they are able to go with that, that mathematical thinking. They have numbers, Um, right? Well, I don't know. Do they? Because maybe they have number sense, but they didn't have like word. (laughs) I don't even know what to, what kind of sense is this? Problem sense? maybe critical thinking. I don't know, but they just, so I'm trying to understand what they did. And then it occurred to me after when I looked at that problem again, the word times is in there. So obviously, how many times would I use the digit seven? They did not process the question. They did not look at what the question was asking them. They just saw the word times and immediately went into multiplication. So that got me thinking to two things, right? Like when when we teach cubes, when we teach any kind of one of those Keywords, keywords right. strategies, Strategy. yeah. you're giving kids permission to be number pluckers. That's yep. what you're, I think that's what you're doing. You're just telling them that instead of trying to visualize the problem and solve the problem and reason through thinking through yes. the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. You're just giving them permission to just look for a word and then take the numbers and do what that word tells you to do, right? Mm-hmm. And even on a side note, I had a student this week say, in all always means addition. Oy. So I know it's addition. And I'm like, well, it, it could mean anything. It could right. mean division. It could mean subtraction. It could be multiplication. Like right. you can't just go with in all. <laughs> so it's encouraging number pluckers and encouraging them not to visualize the problem. You just gave the exact reason why we need to spread the articles like 13 rules that expire or yeah. the ineffective keyword strategy or keywords are evil blog. Like, and I'll, I'll link all those to the show notes too, but and right now, in several of the grades in my school, they are on like the word problem units, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I've been sitting on that all year because I wanted to bring it up in a PLC. I don't know if I have time to wait. It's yeah. it's kind of like, I just want to put this in everyone's boxes and be like, please, for the love of God, read this yeah. sooner than later, you know? Yeah, it's just frustrating that they don't they don't see it. So, okay, I mean, I will say that then the ESE push-in that comes mm-hmm. into my class came in and I kind of just grabbed her and I said, just, just wait, just stand here in the middle of the room and just observe with me what's going on. Like I didn't want, I wanted, I did want them to struggle. I did. Yeah. I wanted them to kind of get there themselves. I didn't want to swoop in and give them all the answers. So I just kind of like held her back also and had Mm -hmm. her stand with me in the middle and just say, look, just look at this problem. Look at what I'm asking and look at what they're doing. And she's like, oh dear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And, and so we, we stood there for a while and just waited. And I, I don't know where originally the first, I don't remember the first group that actually started to like see that this was not the question that was being asked, but it did, we did, they did get there. They they did. Yeah. So, and then once that kind of started, then some groups saw, I don't know if they saw, but they also got there. They're having a hard time really looking at other, at other work, like that visible, you know, that visible mobility of knowledge. Knowledge mobility. Yes. Not thinking that knowledge mobility isn't really, it's not really going, it's not really 
happening. So again, just things that I have to work on, but whew, that was a that was a rough day because I really thought going into this task it was going to be piece of cake. Piece of cake. Now, I did expect, I totally expected them to miss 70, 71, 72, 73. So that was fine once they got there and they only saw, you know, the 10, 7, 17, 27. Right. I, I totally expected that. So I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't fine with 7, 14, 28, oh like multiples God. of seven, you know? Wow. Yeah. So a lot of it was just reread the task. And I did post this task. I didn't just give it to them orally. Right. I, I said, here it is. You know, I read it out loud. And then I said, off you go. So I'm glad I, I feel like I'm glad I did that because then they were able to go back and read it again and wait and say, wait, that's not what this is at, right? It's not asking the multiples of seven. Especially for that group that started with 100 divided by seven. Oh my gosh. Because like, that's, 100 is not a multiple of seven. I know. <laughs> All right. Thanks for sharing that reflection. We're yeah. going to move on to some good news. And my good news for this week is that this upcoming weekend, actually when this is dropping um, on Sunday, I will be in Orlando at the FCTM, Florida Council of Teachers of Math, board meeting this weekend. So nice. I'm super excited because I get you know to see and hear people from all around Florida um, and what's the latest and greatest that's happening in Florida. So I'm really excited about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. And no, I'm not going to Disney on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> really, you're not even going to like, you're not even going to jump in just for like an hour? I don't think so. Oh. I don't know. I'll let you All know right. next week, listeners, if I did okay. jump in. All right, let's get into this week's topic. Yes. Yeah, so what is ChatGPT? So I wanted to talk about this, Laura, because it is everywhere. I mean, it's it's I've seen it on Twitter feeds. I've seen it. I've seen it in multiple places and I've played around with it quite a bit. Have you done any? So here's the extent of my knowledge. So listeners, Karina asked me, you know, do I know about this? And I was like, very, very little. So the only thing that I saw, and I think it was an article that I saw on my Facebook feed, I'm pretty sure, like in that little news section, was there's a guy who wanted to write a children's book for his neighbor's two little kids. And he used this chat GPT along with some free, you know, like make a make a book kind of company. And he made this book for these kids, which ended up, he put it on Amazon to sell. And then you know, his phone exploded with all of these like hate messages. I'm thinking it's a children's book. Like how, how bad can this be? Um, because whatever this G chat GPT is, which you're going to tell me because I don't even know what it is other than it's artificial intelligence is that the artists were complaining that this AI system was using their style of art and then they're not getting compensated for it. Oh, wow. So that's as much as I know about chat GPT. 
Do you, what does that even stand for? So I'm glad you asked because I do have it here on my phone ready, ready to go. Um, so chat GPT, I'm just going to, it's just what Google says. Yeah. Uh, is a natural language processing model, which stands for NLP, natural language processing model, developed by OpenAI, which is what I think is, is the company, right? And it's actually owned by Microsoft. So there's a little fun little tidbit information. Okay. It stands for chat generative pre-trained transformer. And so what is it? Wait, it's wait, wait, wait. A, I was writing that down. Chat generative yeah. pre-trained. Pre-trained transformer. Like transformers more than meets the eye. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't Probably know not. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. And it is based on natural language techniques that provide answers in a conversational way. Is this something that I've seen on Twitter, but did not go down this rabbit hole that people are saying that this is going to replace teachers? I don't think it would replace No, but teachers. is this what they're talking about? This thing? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen okay. that. I haven't seen that stream of it, but what, okay. Okay. I, I guess, so if you haven't seen it and you don't know what it is, it's basically a more advanced Google right? So you can type okay. in a question and you can get a response out. What we have to remember though, is that it is in its infancy. It just came out November, 2022, late okay. November, 2022. So it really is brand new. Like it's a newborn, right? Okay. So there, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what is to come. So that's what excites me, right? Is that the capabilities of this is just, it's so like, Wow. Like how I I still don't understand. Like you still don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples. Let's say this is the part as a teacher that this this is really cool. So I was playing around with it on Friday. I was asking it a whole bunch of questions. The first question that I asked, because I saw this on Twitter, I was like, okay, write, write me a three paragraph essay on the benefits of wearing uniforms in school, right? Just like, let's see what it can do. In a matter of seconds, it was able to create a three-paragraph essay done. So Stop. you could do a five, yeah, five, and you can see it as it as it formulates its thought. Like it's like type, it's almost like it's typing in front of you. Stop it. I, yeah, very cool, right? Oh, so then I was talking to my parents about it in the car, and I'm like, this is so cool. If you wanted to resign from your job, you could type in, write me a letter of resignation from my job, da, 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 like name the company, and it'll formulate a letter of resignation. And it was very professional sounding. Stop. I actually used it for my holiday like letter to oh. my parents, wishing them a happy holiday. Now, I didn't I didn't just take all of it and send it out. I did tweak it. But what I liked about it is that it gave me a foundation, like a a place to start. So I didn't have nothing. I had some place to to start from and go go to. Okay. Okay. Now I have a million questions, but did you do anything besides like a letter? Did you do anything besides writing? Okay. Yes. Okay. Here's another one. Okay. You ready? Yes. I typed in the standard, whatever standard we have, five, you know, best, whatever, the standard actual code, NBT 5.1, whatever it is, right? Typed that in, so just the standard, and said, write me a three-day lesson plan. Stop. Yeah. Based on this standard- Include objectives, student target, an exit ticket every day. So you can give it all these parameters. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What? 
Yes, game changer. Yes. Okay, so you do this. And then I threw in afterwards, after it spewed out all that stuff, I was like, ooh, what if I made it more like I want more concrete, representational, and abstract? So then I put in, I want a lesson plan that's concrete, that has concrete, representational, and abstract on teaching uh, addition of, of fractions with unlike denominators. And sure enough, spew in a matter of less than 30 seconds. I had a lesson that had all three. Here's what you do concrete. Here's what you do representational. Here's what you do abstract. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty good. Like when I read through it, it was it was pretty good. I can link up. I'll put it in a document what came out. Okay. And I'll I'll share it. I'll share it with with people so they can take a look at it. But it was Stop. yeah. So here's what I'm saying, right? Things that are those mundane, time consuming things that that teachers have to create constantly and have to do. This gives you a foundation. Now, is everything fantastic that it comes? No, because it's not there yet, right? It really isn't. It's still, the more people use it, the more it's learning, quote unquote, right? Learning. And it's going to get better as it goes. So just imagine what this is going to be like in a year, in five years from now. I mean, it's really cool. The thing that you do have to be careful with that I've discovered because I I was trying, uh, of course, I was trying different things. This one thing that I tried was give me an excerpt from the novel that we were reading. We were reading Esperanza Rising. So I said, give me an excerpt from this novel that shows where the theme is. And it will, or I had it like create a question based on uh, a question that we've had in the past and I wanted it to be quoted. And so it quotes, it mimicked it, but it wasn't direct quotes from the book. So it looks like it's giving you true information, but it doesn't have access to literature. It doesn't have access to, it can't read websites yet, Yet. right? (laughs) It doesn't have that yet. So like I did another one where I posted a News ELA article and I said, quote from this article and use it like in an informative essay. So because I was trying to see how could kids cheat using this. That's what I've been thinking. Every time that you're saying something from the teacher's point of view, I'm like, oh my God, what a time saver. And, you know, it gets really good, you know, and, and yeah, here, you want some lesson plans? Here you go. Like, yeah, because those are so outdated as well. As long as right. the teacher really understands what they're supposed to be teaching, right? But filling right, out but- lesson plan forms is that that is so antiquated right now. So right. now I'm thinking about the student side. So you said, write me a three paragraph essay. Right. If I was so a kid. Right. If you're not using any kind of passage to get an excerpt from, so it cannot do that. Now it quoted, it said in the News ELA article, and then it quoted something. But then when I went back to see where it was in the article, it wasn't actually there. Okay. But so it, again, made it, yes. it made it up. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It made it up. It oh. made it up. So you do have to be careful. And then even some of the questions that I asked about, like when I asked it to create a, a 10 question multiple choice answer quiz on Esperanza Rising, it had it had a problem with one of the questions. It said that the mother had died, but it's not the mother that dies in the book. It's the father that dies in the book. Oh. So but you said still, it doesn't have access to literature. So how would right. it know so that? So it has, I believe what it has is summaries of books. 
Ah. Because when I said, when I tried a different book, the book is written in like prose. It looks like a poem, but it's not, right? It's mm-hmm. written like that. And it, it was not it, like when Eagle. it quoted from it. Yeah, it right. wasn't. It was just like a summary. So it doesn't know yet, but it flo- like it pretends to know. So uh-huh. that's where you have to be careful. You can't just copy and paste and submit something, right? So I feel like it, it really is a good start. Like if you really don't know where else to go. So if you don't know concrete representational abstract, like what a great way to put that, show me a lesson. What does that look like? Right. And then it'll give you, it'll give you some options, which is really nice. Now I'm looking forward to seeing what it spat out for you. you Yeah. So yeah, we're definitely going to link that. In, into the show notes. And then I've also seen just recently some more videos on teachers using this for like writing help with writing their IEP goals and objectives. Like again, it just gives ideas. Not all of them are sound, but it at least gives you some some things, some places to start, right? Okay. So if I want to know more about this, do I just Google chat GPT? Yeah, and it'll take you to a website. Right now, it's still free. If you download the app, you have to pay for it. I think you get like the first seven days free and then it's like a, a weekly subscri- subscription. So I think they are going towards like some kind of payment. Okay. But I mean, but you do have to be careful. It's just, it's not, you can't take everything it says with absolute value. certainty, right. right, that is correct. But if you're stuck, at least it gives you a starting point. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, yeah. and I think that that's where, that's where we as teachers are going to have to teach our kids how, like how to use something like this. Because listen, whether we like it or not, it's out there. Right. Just like photo just math. Like photo math. Right. Yep. <laughs> just like photo math is out there. Just like all these other apps. It's, there's never going to be a time when this stuff is not out there. It's accessible. Right. Kids have it. Kids are going to get to know it. And it's only going to get more sophisticated as we go. It's, so, it's kind of like, you know, when, when we first had like real access to the internet for kids and talking about primary sources, secondary sources, and crap sources. Like, yeah, right? It, this is going to be the same type of thing where, wow. My hope is that even though COVID wasn't able to transform and change education, I'm hoping that this maybe can give us a pivot because we really need to reevaluate what we value in our classrooms, right? Mm -hmm. Like we should not be giving kids questions that they can put into a computer and it spews out an answer. That's not where education should be going anymore. Like if it's, if the answer is you're able to Google it, we need to get away from that. I'm hopeful, Laura. I really am that something like this could just transform, could shake, yeah, could shake education up because we do. And I, listen, I am, we were hopeful that COVID would shake education up, but we do have to rethink how we evaluate and how we, how we assess kids Mm -hmm. and We've always talked about the best way to assess a kid is by sitting next to them. Yep. If we can t- if we do that, we get to see what they really know. Right. And they can't really cheat their way out of that if you right. have a conversation with them, right? So yeah. I feel like this has it has to move us. It has to. We we have to adapt. Huh. This is very intriguing, interesting, confusing, <laughs> um but also like scary. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me little, why you say 
agree. Well, I probably because it's new, right? Right. But also, you know, I'm thinking of the cheating factor. Right. For, well, and again, okay, let's go back to assessing, like, and and homework. Like, why would you give a kid something that they can just use this app for? Yeah. Because that doesn't prove that they know anything. Right. Right? Oh, my gosh. Huh. Now, I know Robert Kaplinsky put in some open middle tasks in there. I think that's what happened. I, I was going to, that was the first thing I was literally thinking of. Let me put that up. Okay. And you know what? We'll link that to the show notes too. I mean, it's very much like its name. It's a chat, it chat GPT, right? So it looks like a chat. So it's almost like you're having a conversation with this AI. I, you know I what? really thought you were, when you were saying scary, I thought you were going to say like you were thinking of Terminator 2. <laughs> The machines well, have taken over. <laughs> that too. I mean, yeah. I know. That's where. That's always where my brain goes. Anytime there's something new, I'm like, ooh, but the machines will take over. <laughs> right? Now I'm getting that machine confused with war games. What was the machine? Because Whopper was in war games. What was the one in Terminator? Hmm. Skynet. Like, it was Skynet. Skynet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, here we go. So he asked it. There are 125 sheep and five dogs in a flock. No. He asked him the shepherd question. How old no. is the shepherd? And the AI said, I'm sorry, but I'm unable to answer this question as it does not have a logical answer. <gasps> the number of sheep and dogs in a flock does not have any bearing on the age of the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Huh. But, okay, so did he put any open middle tasks in there? He because- did. Let me just, let me keep looking. Seriously, that was the first thing I thought of. Like, can it solve those? So here we go. So using the digits one to nine at most one time, create two numbers that each have two digits and then add them together to create the greatest possible sum. When you're done, tell me what two numbers you added together and why you chose them. And so that was his question that he put in. And then he, and then the AI came back with, to create the greatest possible sum, we can choose the numbers 98 and 76. When added together, these numbers have a sum of 174. So it's wrong. Yeah. Yes. So we have, again, it's still, remember, it's still learning, right? Okay. Which is the greatest possible sum that can be achieved, blah, blah, blah. It goes on. And it's, so it's very convincing in its argument, like that it's found the argument. He did go back when he's tweeted about this. He said, so still not the correct answer. So he put in a few of his questions and not the correct answer. But he said, damn, unfathomably good for an AI, wow. right? It gives, it describes it, it tells what it does. Yeah. Um, see, like scary, right? I mean, yeah. it excites me. It does. It excites, <laughs> it excites me ju- just because it's, I mean, wow, like just think about all those little mundane things that this could be helpful with, right? Whoa. Those things that will are so time consuming that, oh, another thing that it did, I totally forgot about this part, was one of the hard things is parent communication, especially yeah. when Oh, no. I, I would definitely have to read that before I hit send. Well, hold on. Before, especially in different languages, right? When they don't speak English. So what I did was I wrote, I said, create a, write, or write a letter to a parent about how their fifth grade child is not reading on grade level, has difficulty with figurative language, like I gave it more specifics, uh, and isn't has trouble with fifth grade appropriate vocabulary. Okay. It wrote this letter, and then I said, now write it in Spanish. It wrote it in Spanish, 
And then for the heck of it, I was like, okay, now write it in Russian. It wrote it in Russian. Now I don't speak Russian, so I don't know how good it was. How was but the then? Wait, how was it? Was, it was good. You it know was good. Story. Okay. Yeah. And then I said, write it in Haitian Creole. And that was the one I was not expecting it to be able to do because it's not one of the languages actually that's listed. If you ask, if you ask it, okay. what are the languages you know? It doesn't know. It doesn't say. It, know, it knows Haitian Creole. So when I asked it, I wasn't. I was expecting like an error, like I can't do that yet, or whatever, you know. And it wrote it in Haitian Creole. So that to me is like, wow, because and Haitian Creole, you know, is a is a is a hard, is a difficult one because it's not a recognized language, right? It's not, so it's not- Not a written one. It's a spoken one. Right. Yeah. So it's not easy to translate that. Right. And I don't even know if you can translate it on Google Translate? You can. I don't know. You can. Okay. Yeah, because I've I've done that. But huge text too? Like I don't know how much- Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, what's nice is that it created the letter for you. So you didn't even have to create the letter. You just had to say, this is what I wanted to say. And it created the letter for you. Wow. So time, time is, I mean, time is so valuable. This is a time, this is a time saver. All right. Well, speaking of time, we are going to (laughs) end our episode 96 with our challenge. And again, it is for all of our listeners, in case you didn't listen last week, to fill out the Google form that we have on Twitter And it's also on our website. Share with us your most funny or most memorable teaching stories. We're going to try to keep this as positive as possible because we'd like to read them all for episode 100. Yes. And thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.